Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. Totally awesome if you're cool, that is. Go, go, go. Welcome to the Bob and Cherry Show. Two braggarts who just keep talking about how great they are. With Bob. You know, if it ends in lick, it's got to be good. And Cherry. And now, from the palatial Bob and Cherry Studios, it's Bob and Cherry. It's hard to give me something that leaves me disturbed. You know, because I'm, I'm drawn to such um, odd and strange and peculiar things anyway. So you really have to go some to freak me out. And I want to congratulate a TikToker whose handle is MontBK959. If you're on TikTok, I invite you to look at this man. M-O-N-T-B-K-959. Um, he has succeeded in giving me nightmares. He's in Columbia, the country. Um, not the city, hate everybody listening to us on OMG. He's in Colombia, And he fell head over heels in love uh, with a rag doll named Natalia. And they have um, a son what? and a daughter and they're expecting their third child. Um, here's the thing about the rag doll. I know you're picturing like Raggedy Ann or Raggedy Andy. But here's why this has given me nightmares. The rag doll is a fully grown adult human sized rag doll and the face on this rag doll I'll I'll post a link tell you what doc and I'll put it up on Facebook when you see this you too will have nightmares and, and listen he says he says on his TikTok if it wasn't for the dolls I'd be more alone than anyone at least I have something with my Natalia we watch TV we talk about everything um, they don't know how much I love her I've lasted all this year with her He's not the first person to fall head over heels in love with a rag doll. Um, there's a another guy who married a rag doll last year, but he cheated on her, mm. um, and that's a terrible thing when you when you cheat on your rag doll. When you see this doll, you're not going to be able to. Who did he cheat on sleep. the rag doll with? Like Barney M- or something? Mrs. Like that? Potato Head. Did you have yeah, to? Yeah, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sassy spud. Um. <laughs> So I'm looking at this, and on the one hand, I think it's a tough life, and human beings are we're social. You know, we're not meant to live alone. And I, what do I know about love? I mean, I'm on my third marriage. Maybe, maybe if I'd have married a rag doll, um, not this time. Kevin's a keeper, but maybe if I'd have married a rag doll the first time, that that would have been better. Surely, do you notice? Do you notice how often we have to say? But of course, the one I'm with right now is wonderful, <laughs> and you know, it's just uh, oh my god! Why didn't I find him or her uh, many years ago? And my life would have been well, just perfect, and I'd have a, a second home in Palm Springs. If I don't say it, you'll call me out on. You'll go, well, you know, you're very happy with Kevin, of course. Well, yes, I'm very glad Kevin is not a, a, a life size rag doll. Right. <sighs> I, I I'm just, all for it. I'm all for whatever what, what this guy is doing. I am all for it. I can see the appeal. I can totally see the appeal. You want to go on vacation? You put you put your wife the rag doll right in the suitcase, half price, right? 
Oh, half yeah. price. Uh, you, you want you want to go on and on about something that you're interested in, like uh, you're rewatching The Sopranos. Ragdoll sitting right there. Go on and on and on. There's no fighting. There's no fighting. What do you want this, for dinner? It's always you. You get to decide. You make all the yeah. actually, Bob. Think about it. Every relationship conflict comes down to a disagreement over a decision. It might be a movie you're going to watch. It might be how right. many kids you're going to have. But if right. you're married to a rag doll, that's right. You make all the decisions. That you just eliminate a conflict from your relationship. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this guy's going to live to be a hundred. This guy, yeah. I just, oh God, I mean, I just wish, here's what I wish. It's Uncanny Valley stuff, you guys. You'll see it when I post it up on our Facebook here in a second. I just wish that she either looked 100% like a ragdoll or more like a human because she's right there on the scary nightmare edge. Right there. Hey, hey, have you seen Madonna lately? Oh, that's. What, uh, you know what? And, and, and I know that, you know, Madge said that everyone's being sexist or whatever, misogynistic or ageist. Um, Madonna, such a beautiful woman. What the hell? I know. I what know. the frickity frack is going on there? Too much of, people are saying it's too much Botox. Oh, no, 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 no. Botox is just one of the guests at that party. There's something else going on. There's Don't some you sort of fillers. Yeah. I, her cheeks are just, I mean, they're, they're so chipmunky. Um, I'm not saying she doesn't look, it just doesn't look like Madonna. She just well, does she, not look like Madonna. There's a and real like trend. Madonna. There's a real trend right now for people. It's a real high fashion street kind of thing to shave off your eyebrows and you know, Hey, whatever. Um, but people look weird without their eyebrows. <laughs> I think they do too. I know. I know. I'm sorry you know, sometimes, to say it Sometimes so you don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. You just go, ooh, that's an odd look. And then, then you focus. Oh, she has no eyebrows. Oh. Yeah, there's something. There was a guy I knew a long time ago. He was a hair stylist. And he, he mm-hmm. said, the eyebrows are the punctuation marks of the face. And and I thought, you know what? Yes, thank you, Bill Dwayne. Yes, the eyebrows are the punctuation marks. But when you so. lose the eyebrows, <laughs> it's like Humpty Dumpty time. It's just so strange. Straight ahead, there's something crazy and illegal going on on the Jersey Shore, and it's got nothing to do with Snooky. It's next. It's Bob and Cherry. Bob and Cherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandcherry.com. Oh, yeah, those wildwood days on the Jersey Shore. If you've never been there, you at least have an idea what it was like because of the TV show on uh, MTV. Now, Max, you've spent some time at the Jersey Shore, right? Yeah, it, it, the MTV show was North jersey shore this is south jersey shore and yeah i've spent some time in uh wildwood right so uh wildwood new jersey is in the news uh whoever would think that this headline would come out of new jersey jersey shore operator banned after boardwalk games found to be rigged can you imagine in new jersey so so you've got a board explain what the boardwalk is there uh, Max, I oh, think Bob, have- everybody knows what the boardwalk is. Let's don't man. Please, I'm on my knees right now begging you not to man. So they get the these boardwalk. boards <laughs> oh, and what God, they do is no. they nail them together 
And they make a walk out of it. And along there, there are amusement rides and fudge shops and stores. Yeah, yeah pizza right. Pizza places. And games. And they have games. Yes. Okay. So here's, here's the story behind the story on this. <clears throat> An amusement operator accused of rigging boardwalk games in Wildwood and North Wildwood has been banned for 10 years for running such games and fined $15,500. Christian Struthers allegedly ran games with overinflated basketballs, sometimes as much as three times the manufacturer's specifications, causing them to bounce erratically to lower the chances of a player winning. Um, the penalty was $500 for each of the 31 basketballs that they uh, went in and said were, uh, were illegal. So, and, and here's the... <laughs> State of New Jersey uh, Attorney General. The Attorney General said this. Every person who plays an amusement game in the state of New Jersey deserves a fair shot at winning a prize. Let me just ask you, did you ever, when, when you've played one of these games, whether it's the boardwalk of uh, Atlantic City, Wildwood, or wherever it may be in this country, or even the, even the fair that comes to town, did you ever think that it was completely legit? No, I don't think anybody believes it's completely. I didn't legit, either. Do they? Always in the back of my mind, it was always like, "How is this guy doing this?" I got these baseballs and I'm throwing the. I hit that doll, and that doll did not go over. What is going on with this? And this is what the guy was doing. He was overinflating. Why did it? I don't know how long he's been doing this, but evidently for a while, and you know just what? ripping people off. Here's why it took so long, because everybody expected it to be rigged, and finally somebody complained. And now it's getting um, attention. We've all just accepted it and accepted it. But wouldn't you think there'd be a cop who wants to make a, a name for himself? Uh, you know, he's there with his family, and he tries shooting the basketball, and, you know, he's pretty good, and it goes sideways. Wouldn't you think the cop would say, you know what, I bet I could make a name for myself by investigating. Oh, you, There's something with these basketballs. You've never been to Wildwood, New Jersey, have you? It's so cute. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. Um, and I would love to tell you some Wildwood stories, but like everybody that's been to Wildwood, my memory is not as clear on some of those nights <laughs> as it should be. It is Wildwood is Wildwood is exactly everything you expect the Jersey Shore to be. Like if you have grown up watching Jersey Shore on MTV, you've never been to the Jersey Shore. You've heard the stories about the Jersey Shore. Do not go to Cape May. No. Do not go to Atlantic City. Go to Wildwood, New Jersey. Wildwood, New Jersey, June, July, and August is everything you think it's going to be, good and bad, in every way. Now, Cape May is more upscale, isn't it? Cape May is more, let's go get find a B&B &B and have a quiet weekend. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not just that it's upscale. It's a completely different world if you go to cape may looking for the jersey shore you're going to be impressed by cape may but you're going to be super disappointed because it is not the jersey shore you know what the, the joke is and it's an old joke that's been redone a bunch of times you know you know those little dolls that i was just referring to where you get you get three baseballs and if you knock over one of those little dolls you get a prize mm -hmm. you know that just look like little teddy bears and, and they're up there in a, in a row <clears throat> the joke is if the worst hurricane in the history of new jersey uh, took out Wildwood, New Jersey, the only two things left standing would be Bruce Springsteen and those dolls. 
because <laughs> you you <laughs> cannot. I swear, they're cemented to the board that they're on. Did you like my Sunny. explanation of what the boardwalk was? It's lo- you know she, it's she gives me a hard time. There are people in the Midwest that they don't have things like that. They're decent they people. They have TV. I just. They have movies. Uh, it's located they have the on this thing called the beach, which has sand on it, and I'm right done. next I'm to done. it. I will never explain anything the rest of my life. You know, when you care about the audience too much, this is what happens to you. This is what happens. I care too much. Oh. Straight ahead, it's Morons in the News. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't be a moron. With Morons in the News. First story and Morons in the News. Let's go up to Ontario Province in Canada. A 61-year-old man is facing the following charges. Operation while impaired. Operation of a car while impaired going over 80 miles an hour. Operation while prohibited from driving. Driving while under suspension. Possession of property obtained by a crime. Uh, Use of a license plate not authorized for the vehicle. Driving a motor vehicle with liquor readily available and operating a motor vehicle without insurance. So that's a lot. All right, so that's a lot. Basically, the guy had a license plate that was bogus. The cops saw it. They pulled him over. Here's what blows my mind. I wish you could see this. I'm going to do the best I can to, to describe the inside of this car. There's an open liquor bottle right there. All right, so you can't have an open liquor bottle in the cabin of a car. Right next to the liquor bottle, there's a small boom box, which I guess was somehow attached... I haven't seen one in a while attached to a power source. But in the passenger seat, from the floorboard to the window, empty beer cans. I'm guessing, just looking at them, there's probably 150 empty beer cans. So this guy was over the course of who knows how long, chugging a beer. When he was done, he'd throw it. And they became a mountain of beer cans in the passenger seat, and right above them all is an axe. <laughs> so, holy oh, yes, how He's a lifestyle influencer, but you know I'll the smell, you and you know he is. He there is. had to be bugs. Come oh, on, you know it's bugs. Oh, yeah. Bugs love beer. Yeah, bugs love beer. Wow. All right, over to well, you. Today's moron of the day is a pair of brothers, and there's an axe in this story, too. Remember the movie Point Break, Patrick Swayze? movie Point Break. Yeah, These two brothers decided they were going to rob a jewelry shop and they disguised mm-hmm. themselves as old men to do it. Benjamin mm-hmm. and George Murphy. Okay. They got these incredibly lifelike elderly man latex face masks. And then the two brothers who were 28 and 37 dressed up as elderly men and kind of limped their way into a jewelry store in Essex in the UK They took one of the employees to the back office and tied them to a chair with zip ties before stealing the employee's very expensive Rolex watch. Mm. And then while menacing employees with a knife and an axe, searched the whole jewelry store before they realized the alarm had been triggered and they fled in a vehicle that was waiting for them outside. It's right out of the Point Break movie with Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. 
Remember wow. a gang of robbers wore like the Reagan mask and the Nixon mask to rob oh, a bank? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, mm-hmm. I think it was out in 90, 91, something like that. These masks yeah. are very realistic. And when you see the video on the Bob and Sherry Facebook, you'll be like, whoa. Well, a couple weeks later, police pull over a vehicle that's driving suspiciously. And the driver of the car is one of the brothers. And in the trunk, guess what we have? Now, weeks have gone by. We've got mm-hmm. the two face masks. We have the clothing matching the video. We have a black bag with a hatchet, a, a knife, and some yeah. zip ties. <laughs> they swab the face masks, and the DNA matches the brothers. See, after the robbery, like, I know it. I'll drive I'll drive around with some crap in my car for five, six years. Right. But if you've just committed like a massive felony, go ahead and get rid of the evidence. You got they to. went to court. They got arrested. They went to court. They got charged with everything. And the two brothers are now going to spend between them about 31 years in prison. Oof. Oof. And here's, here's my suggestion. Folks, if you are picking a Patrick Swayze movie to live by, let's go with Roadhouse. Oh, uh, Dalton, who plays yeah. a bouncer. Uh, Patrick Swayze yeah. is a bouncer in Roadhouse. If you haven't seen it 16 to 27 times. His motto is, be nice until it's time to not be nice, which is not a bad motto to live by. Yeah, if you're And a also, Max, um, tell everybody how Dalton feels about pain. Pain don't hurt. There you yeah. go. That's right. So much better than Point Break. We're going to post this up. Wait till you see this video. We're going to post this up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, comedian Jordan Conley. Going to take you down the rabbit hole with Pink and Kelly Clarkson. We've got a round of things Bob didn't know. And straight ahead, it's Bob's book review. I just finished an incredible book. It's so exciting. I want you to read it, and I want your kids to read it. It's unbelievable. And it's next with Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. I thought that I'd read every interesting book about World War II. I swear, I thought I I got them all, but I did not. A guy named Brad Meltzer uh, wrote a book with uh, Josh Mensch. God, he was born a Mensch. And it's called The Nazi Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill Roosevelt, Stalin, and Churchill. They were all meeting. They were the heads, of course, of the Allied countries. They were all meeting in one place in Iran. And the Nazis had the idea to send in commandos to kill the three of them and thus chaos in the West. And we might be under German control right now if they could do it. It is one of the most exciting, interesting books that I have read in a long, long time. And it also gives you a background. If you have somebody in your family that knows or maybe you know very little about what happened in World War II, um, this book will tell you exactly what the Nazis were up to, the horrific things Mm. they did. And it reads like a spy novel. It's one of the, I I read it, and I'm not a real fast reader. I read, it's like 300 pages. I read it in an afternoon. I could not put this book down. So if there's somebody that's in your life, and maybe it's you, that loves uh, history, it's called, once again, The Nazi Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill Roosevelt, Churchill, and uh, Stalin. I learned stuff, and I uh, I think you'll enjoy it, too. It's very entertaining. 
It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code Radio 10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry 22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry 22. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Jordan Conley. There was this video that came out of this guy, this single hiker who was being chased or like stalked by a mountain lion for like a good five to ten minutes, okay? And I want you to know, it's one of my favorite stories in the world. My friend was so excited to tell me. He was like, Jordan, I don't know if you've seen this video. It's a video, it's a hiker. He's being stalked by a mountain lion for like five to ten minutes. He's hiking by himself. He's a white guy. I was like, you didn't have to tell me he was white. I knew it. You said lone hiker. That, (laughs) spell that backwards. It spells white guy. I'm letting you know. There's no, there's no way you're going to tell Black people don't hike by themselves. And when we do, we're going to 7-Eleven to buy hot Cheetos. Like I'm, that's what it is. Matter of fact, the last time I went hiking by myself, I went with my men's choir for a church retreat. But it was too many black people that were really afraid to hike. So we went to our local park and sat in the sandbox for 72 hours next to phone chargers. Because there's... Black people need reception when we hike. The minute a black person, you got a reception, you got, nope, let's go lock it up, let's go back. That's it, we're good, we're good. There's no way, I'm just, (laughs) it's insane to me. Like, it trips me out, like me, myself. Like, it's not, I'm joking, obviously. Like, I hike, you know what I mean? Like, my hikes are just normally shorter than everyone else's. Like, I hike from my car to the sign that tells you what dangerous animals you might encounter. I read it, I hike back. That's it. (laughs) That is it. Now, my favorite thing about, like, the story about the mountain lion versus the hiker, I just learned that that happened here. (laughs) When I found that out, I was like, also, duh, because, like, every black person I see in Utah, I'm like, you don't belong here. I don't know what's happening, but, like, I felt it. I saw a black person at Zion. I looked at him dead in the eye and whispered, are you okay? Like, I don't... I want you to know, every black person that I've encountered, you, everyone else, all the white people are so nice. You're like, hi, good morning. But when I see a black person, he don't even make eye contact. I'm like, somebody needs to flash a camera in his face right now. Get out! I don't know. I'm so sorry. That was a personal story. Um, I got so scared. It's, it's insane. But this is where we are. Like, it's, it's very interesting. Because, like, here's the thing. The reason why I don't hike by myself is because, like, I feel like you need a safety net. So I need to go with a partner. And the reason being is because if we encounter a lion, we can't get away. But I can. So, uh, 
I just realized I said safety net. I meant to say sacrifice, and that was my fault. That was my fault. That was my bad. I'm because I'm gonna do it in all situations. It doesn't matter if I'm in like if I'm hiking or if I'm in the streets. I'm I'm not gonna be that tough guy, okay? Like I could be with my lady, okay? And if a guy walks up six feet tall, super huge guy, if he walks up to me and he's like, "Hey, is that your girl?" I'm like, "Hey, not if you want her, sir. Not if." <laughs> None of you want her, because Jesus said, ask and ye shall receive. So I'm asking if you take her, I receive another girl in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Like that's, <laughs> that's who I am as a person. There's no way around it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm not tough. You can tell by my voice, I won't win a, a threatening competition. Okay. This guy told me I sound like Cat Williams, but I look like I would name my cat. Williams. I was like, I was like, his name is Oliver. Um, I have two cats. Um, it's insane. I like, I will do whatever I can to get out of a fighting situation. And fun fact, if you don't know what it takes to get out of a fight, when someone tries to threaten you, just play dumb and take whatever they say literally. You'll get out of the fight all the time. I do it all the time. You want a piece of me? I'm not hungry. I'm not, I'm not hungry at all. Matter of fact, I just ate. If I eat again, that's gonna lead to high blood pressure. That's big in the black community, so I don't wanna keep that stereotype going, so I'm good. Well, you could just kiss my butt. Not without chapstick, sir. My lips are currently dry, so if I kiss it now, it's gonna make your butt bleed. I just want you to know. Carmex, if you got it, I'll take it, but. <laughs> you trying to go? I never called an Uber, sir. I don't know where you think I'm trying to go, but it's not with you. Matter of fact, it's Saturday night. It's late. If I'm going anywhere, I'm going home to get my rest because I got to wake up and praise Jesus with a lot of energy. So it'll get you out every time. <laughs> that <laughs> is unique. Jordan. He's funny too. Yeah. I love him. That is yeah. Jordan Conley, and we will post that whole set up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Cherry. True. Weird stuff. In each episode of True Weird Stuff, we'll take a look at something that's, you know, well, true and weird. Subscribe now and become part of True Weird Nation. We're all about curiosity here. And that's True Weird Stuff. True Weird Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. Bob and Sherry go. Oh, this gave me goosebumps when I first saw it. This is two of my all-time favorite women singing together. This is Pink and Kelly Clarkson. We are searchlights we can see in the dark. I love those long, steady notes. They're great. We are rockets pointed up at the stars. We are big. Of beautiful hearts And you sold us Down the river too far What about us? What about all the times You said you had the answers? What about us? What about all the broken Happy ever afters? What about trust? What about us? 
That is wonderful harmony. Oh. I mean, no kidding. That is wonderful harmony. Who was playing the guitar? Um, some guy with uh, curly blonde hair who's unidentified. Kelly's okay. band. Yeah, okay. Kelly, out of Kelly's, Kelly's band. band. Okay. Yeah, she. Um, they have a long. They had a long chat about um Pink's new record and her new song. Mm-hmm. Pink said that her new song is like a calm love song, and she said, "I didn't know I was capable of writing one of those." Because <laughs> we're used to ones where she's slapping his whole face. <laughs> you know, she is such an interesting character, and uh, there is some. As a man, I find her incredibly appealing, and and. You know, at first blush, she, she's definitely not my type at all. I mean, she's <sighs> tattooed and, you know, she, she's the girl next door, but the really sort of edgy girl next door. And you would think, you know, years ago when, when she was coming up and, um, you know, the skater girl and, and living a really uh, uh, edgy lifestyle that, you know, she's going to burn out. She has not burned out. She's gotten nothing but better. She's evidently a great mother. She has such confidence. Mary went to see her with a friend um, in concert about four or five years ago, I guess it was. And Mary came back and she said, I've never seen anything like it. She does this thing where she's singing on these ribbons that are attached to the ceiling of the uh, Coliseum she was appearing in. And she is just pulling herself up there and doing these acrobatic uh, um, silks, things. aerial silks. Yeah. While she's singing. And Mary said, it was the most amazing so- show that I've ever seen. She, she has not crashed and burned. In fact, I think she has gained confidence and is, is a great example of a strong woman. When you watch the, and I'll post the um, link to this on the Bob and Sherry Facebook so you can see the whole thing. We only played a little snippet of it. Um, Everything you just said times a million in this interview. And I think she's Mm -hmm. just never looked more beautiful or more peaceful or more serene. She talks about, um, she talks about her marriage, which one of the great things about um, Pink, you know, so many celebrities, like they throw up this big front of, you know, everything's awesome. And she doesn't. Like no. you kind of know, you kind of know that life's messy and challenging. Um, and she talked about like, you know, we, she and her husband, they would have these arguments and she was like, it was just like so ugly. Like we were yelling, but we couldn't hear each other. And so it was, um, I thought it was a fascinating interview. I had recorded it when she was on Kelly's show a couple days ago and just finally got around to being able to watch it last night. And it, at one point I just kind of had like, Ooh, like that goosebump feeling, listening to the two of them sing together, those voices. Ah, so good. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. And now on the Bob and Sherry Show, it's another exciting episode of Things Bob Didn't Know. Thank you very much. Oh, it's great to be here. And let's start out in Scotland. There is a village in Scotland, and it is called Dull. Dull, <laughs> Scotland. And it has a sign as you enter, Welcome to Dull. And I thought, you know, there's, there's one that Tony needs to close. I, we need to be on the air. And good morning, Dull. Good morning. <laughs> we used to work near a street called Bland Street. <laughs> I wonder what decision-making process went into that street name. I can't believe you just said that. You like read my mind because paired with dull Scotland, there's bland Australia. Oh, wow. 
Bland, Australia. And, and I don't know where this is. Maybe you guys do. Boring USA. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Here it is. It's in Oregon, where, where I'll be uh, vacationing this year. Boring Oregon. So uh, boring, dull, and bland. Um, next one up. An entire room disappeared during World War II. It's called the Amber Room, and it used to be in the Catherine Palace in Russia. It was made of panels of amber. That is the sticky stuff that you get from trees, which evidently is very valuable. So it was uh, an entire large room in this palace. It was taken apart, and it was hidden from the invading Germans, who they were worried about were going to take over all of Russia. This whole room was so valuable, they took it apart and they hid it from the Nazis in 1941. It has not been seen since. No one knows where this room went. Wow. What do you think? Do you think somebody stole it? Yeah. And they I have do. the Amber Room? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think so too. I'm if obsessed. Chill- I'm a little bit obsessed with the Amber Room. I think that it exists somewhere. Did and, you hear about um, that before my telling you this? Because I've never heard oh, of it before. Oh, honey, you know that if there's a good conspiracy theory, some stolen mm-hmm. Nazi treasure, extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. government experimentation, mind control, psychics, ghosts, mysterious undersea creatures, genetic manipulations. Okay, enough, yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I didn't, I didn't hear about that before. I didn't know this either. If you chill onions, you will not cry when you cut them open. How could I not know this? I've been cutting open onions for uh, stir fry forever, and uh, and it and it's irritating. If you have a big onion, you're chopping it up. If you put it in the refrigerator, like overnight or something like that, um, you will not cry. And speaking of cold things, cold baseballs are worse than warm ones. A warm baseball will fly farther yeah. when hit than a cold baseball. So here's my question to you. Why have pitchers not figured out a way to get some sort of a cooling device under their arm or somewhere on the, cause they'll cheat, you know, you know, a pitcher will cheat. He'll, he'll have some goo or tar or whatever on his, on the uh, bill of his cap and, you know, mess up the ball a little bit. Why have they not figured out something to make the ball a little bit cooler? I, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't that be kind of obvious if you yeah, had you can, an ice pack or an air conditioner in your shirt? I think you well, they're not yeah, using the same baseball over and over. I mean, they, they, they keep yeah, on that's bringing true new too. ones in. It'd be hard to yeah. get it because cooling yeah, is going to take cold. some time. If he yeah. had like a, a mini fridge out there on the mound, I think that they might yeah. have some questions. I think they might spot that though. Yeah, you're right. Your nose works one nostril at a time. I didn't know that. It works. They, they take turns. Uh, one nostril, so so they don't dry out. One goes, well, I'm going to take the, take this breath right here. I need to smell this thing. Okay, go ahead and do it. And then the other one takes it for a while too. Did you know that that they uh, they don't work in unison? They work separately. I didn't know that. I did. I did. You knew that too. Well, aren't you oh. aren't you just the brilliant? Why don't you just go ahead and do just things Sherry knew? Little know it all. And now another episode of Things Sherry Know. Over to you, Stop. Sherry. Of if it's <laughs> if it's fringy or creepy or strange or weird history or science, you know I'm into True that. True, weird stuff. Here is here Did- is what an episode of things Sherry didn't know would sound like. Do my intro, Max. Here we go. And now here's another episode of things Sherry didn't know. Apparently, there are people that balance a checkbook, and it and the math actually <laughs> works out. <laughs> You're kidding me. 
<laughs> you are. Those liars. They're liars. They really exist, really. Yeah. Oh, that's... All right. Well, that's uh, going to wrap it up for Things Bob Didn't Know for today. Uh, they, we're going to change it uh, next time. Things Bob Didn't Know, but Sherry did. And uh, we'll see how that goes. This is Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Last month, uh, the Winnie the Pooh stories went into the public domain, meaning that anybody now can do anything they want with those stories. Um, You can share them, read them, post them. They're public domain. They're out of copyright. And that's how we have the horror movie Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which has people around the world losing their minds. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is the story of Pooh and Piglet embarking on a murderous rampage because they have turned bloodthirsty killers. They terrorize a group of college kids and an adult named Christopher Robin when he returns to the Hundred Acre Wood five years after leaving for college. The director of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is receiving death threats from all around the world uh, because people love these characters. And is it animation horrifying. or is it is it live action? It's live action. And I got to tell you, the um, costume and effects for Winnie the, the Winnie the Pooh character are the stuff of nightmares. Now, really? um, you won't see Tigger in this because <laughs> Tigger, the copyrights on Tigger haven't expired yet. Copyright law uh-huh. is a really interesting thing. The copyrights have expired on Pooh and Piglet. The poster for this thing, I'll I'll put we'll put a link up on it and you can see it if you want. The poster for this thing is insane. The plot is insane. People are out of their minds. And you know, like artistic freedom and whatever. I mean, just I'm not gonna pay to watch it. I love Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. I don't want to see them be murderers. How about you? Is it an American production, do you know? I don't think so, no. No, yeah. But it hardly you know, matters. I, I thought, you know what I thought you were going to say? The uh, the trademark thing is gone, and it's been turned into a porno. That's what I thought you were going to say. This is just as bad. I mean, it's, I think it's, vi- it's, it's extreme worse. Yeah. psychopathic violence. So there you go. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It premiered at the end of January in Mexico, and uh, it's heading around the world now, and there's no escaping it. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. 
Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. All right, talk back time right now in the Bob and Sherry Show. You can reach us by calling 844-52-SHERI or go to wherever you get your apps and get the Bob and Sherry app. You'll find a little bit of a microphone there. Tap it and leave us a message just like this gentleman. Hey, Bob and Sherry, longtime listener here. I was listening to your bit about putting cream in coffee this morning, and it got me to thinking about a story my parents had told me. When they had first got married over 50 years ago, my father used to drink cream and sugar in his coffee. While going through a drive-thru one morning, they ordered their coffee. My mother was in the passenger seat trying to mix his concoction together when she spilt coffee all over the inside of the car. She promptly looked at him and said, you know, this wouldn't have happened if you just drank it black. And for the last 50 <laughs> years, he's drunk it black every morning. Hope you all like that short little story. Enjoy the show. <laughs> hey, they've been married for 50 years. The bottom line is, you know, listen to what your wife says. Just shut up and, and just go without. Okay, change the way, change your evil ways. Oh, I love that. That's a big, you know, for a coffee drinker, going from cream and sugar to black is a big jump. I can't do it. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard to drink it black. I don't know how you do it. I, there's no well, way. I'm not anymore. And my wife is, is, uh, it's, she's in, for some reason, I, you know, uh, in marriage, sometimes change, even if it's just minor things, annoys your spouse. Like I've been drinking it black ever since, uh, Mary and I have been married and before that. And, um, I started adding cream to it about, a week and a half ago, because of what you were telling us. T- tell the people again what the article there was said. An, there was an article, I think we posted it, there was an article that said that the amino acids in cow's milk link up with the polyphenols in coffee and like triple the um, positive impact on your immune system. Mm-hmm. I got yelled at by one of our listeners DM'd me and, and DM'd us and was like, oh, Sherry's such a know-it-all. Let Bob drink his <laughs> coffee the way he wants. <laughs> and, and let me just say, let me just say, like that's the first time Hermione Granger here has heard that. But um, the, it's true that for a long time, the all the stories were drink black coffee, drink black coffee. But then Healthline, it was in all the medical journals, Healthline was like, no, you need to get you some cow's milk into that coffee because the amino acids bind with the polyphenols do you want doc i'll send you the i'll send you the article bob which is not to say that i'm not an annoying irritating weirdo know-it-all for sure but um this one i didn't just make this up this is out of the medical journal i'm glad that you're drinking cream in the coffee because sherry also did research that said that one thing that psychopaths all had in common they drink black coffee i remember you're saying that yeah yeah Yeah. but you know well i'm not a psychopath you're not not, a psychopath now now that you're, you're putting not a cream in the coffee, no. And honestly, I, y'all do what you want. Cream in your coffee, black coffee, iced coffee, coffee enema, coffee bath. <laughs> I, you do you. It's still a free country. You know, but I'm just telling you yeah. that the amino acids. Don't do don't do one of them when you're driving, though. That would be very dangerous and just not good at all. Um, yeah, Mary sees me now. Um, and, and I went I went all out. I, I got half and half. 
and I put a little bit of half and half. Oh, there he goes with his cream and the coffee again. There he goes. And I can't say, but Sherry uh, suggested that I can't do that because sorry. right, right there. It's like, I know it goes through their minds and you know who they are. <clears throat> oh, the two of them. I don't know. The two of them, they always think that they're onto something before everybody else. Yes, it's called reading, okay? Um, my, I always know when I'm about to get disrespected because my husband will say, you and your partner. And that's you, Bob. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, I got in the truck and I heard, you and your partner. And I know that I'm about to hear something that I don't like. That irritates him, I know. Well, I've got, I think it's easier to go to cream. I don't use sugar, but it's easier to go to cream in your coffee than to go from sugar and cream to black coffee. Because I think black coffee for a lot of folks is very bitter and just not fun to to drink. But for me, it was, it's the coffee taste. It's real coffee taste. It's not punch as someone I know once said. Do, you know, do, do whatever. But Bob is right. If you are choosing the coffee enema route, I suggest your private home bathroom. Yeah, you know, not, not, not rush hour, <laughs> not no, not the employee restroom. Yeah, yeah. Very dangerous, folks. Very dangerous. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. How would you love to jump on a plane with your bestie, your BFF, and fly away, land at Tampa? We're going to give you a rental car. We paid for the plane tickets, too going to put you up at the Don Cesar Hotel. We're going to send you on a yacht dinner cruise. Tickets to the Marine Clearwater Aquarium, the Dolly Museum. It's a Bob and Sherry Besties Florida flyaway trip. And all you have to do to enter is go to bobandsherry.com and share a photo of you and your bestie. Uh, one of our listeners DM'd us on Facebook and, and said, can my bestie be my husband? Yes, absolutely. It can be your spouse. Your bestie can be your dad or your mom or Whoever, it's your bestie. You get to decide. Enter right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Good luck. There are uh, two creatures in the house in which I live that um, know my every move, my every thought, and what my plans are. One of them is my dog, Finn. If I go into the bedroom with a pair of shoes, and he's on the other side of the house, a pair of shoes... And I put on socks and I'm pulling on jeans. Somehow he senses it and he stands right in front of me. And obviously he wants to go for a walk. It never, I've tried, I've closed the door to the bedroom and I'll open it and he's standing outside. I'm as quiet as can be. This dog, I don't know how he does it. The other creature is my wife. I haven't told this story before. Um, Mary's birthday was uh, six days ago. And I bought her, uh, surreptitiously, a bike. Because where we live, we're at sea level. Where we live, the biking opportunities are fantastic. There are bike paths all over the place. And during COVID, I bought myself a bike. So I thought, you know, we've got a broken down couple of bikes. I'm going to give her, I'm going to get her a brand new bike. And so um, I found the company that I had my bike from. And I bought one just like hers, but a girl's bike. And a cute color. It's kind of a sea green. And so I said to her, today, a big box is going to be coming. I do not want you to look at it. Do not look at that box. Do you promise me? And she promised me. So the box arrived, and it's uh, thin and uh, wide. 
And so I saw it outside and I scooted it into the garage and put it in a corner where you couldn't tell, you know, where it was or what it was. And so I, I'm feeling very good about myself. She was out walking the dog. I took that box. I shoved it in the back of her SUV because I don't have an SUV. And I drove it over to this little bike shop near us. And I'm going to give them a few bucks to put it together and make sure that it's solid because I don't trust myself. I cannot put together a bike because I know um, if the front wheel fell off while she was riding it, and it's possible with my mechanical skills, uh, it would not go down well for me. Yeah, so uh, no. I had them put it put it together. I got my friend all lined up to drop me off at the bike shop so I could uh, ride it home. And so uh, she's on the phone with her friend Lynette, and she's on speakerphone. And I, I came into the kitchen. She didn't see me to get a Coke or something. And this is what I hear. So um, I've got that one present, the bike to open up, but that's, I think, it. And I peeked my head around the corner and she went, oh, God, Lynette. And she said, I got to go. I said, you, did you go in? I didn't go in there. How did you know? You know what it is? You can't keep anything from this woman. She can. And, and the other day, I didn't have any water the other day. She said, um, have, you, have you had any water? I can smell that you're dehydrated. Have you ever had anybody say that to you in your life? I can smell that you're dehydrated. She no. does it all the time. This woman is such a natural. Uh, she should have been in the CIA. She should have worked undercover in Russia or something. She just has these powers. You can. There is no. I have no interest in cheating on her. I, I. I've never cheated on any of the women that I've been with. There is no way that I could cheat on her. I would walk through the door after uh, the tryst in the afternoon at the Holiday Inn. I would walk through the door, and just like that, she would look at me and say, "What's her name?" Just like that. And I'm not a bad actor. I mean, I can. I can get away with some stuff, nothing with her at all. It's amazing. You you married a real inspector gadget type. And and, um, it's a good, it's a good thing that you're an honest, upstanding guy Mm -hmm. because you get away. First of all, there's nothing that you do or even think that she doesn't know about. She doesn't always tell you everything. She knows everything. She knows everything. I know. She knows everything. You ain't getting away with nothing. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's it's good to be basically uh, boring Bob, because I don't try to get away with anything. You know, I'm I'm not going to strip no. clubs. I'm not, you know, Look, I'm not hiding money you, or something like that. It's better to be you than the guy that we're going to talk about next, who mm-hmm. won the lottery and thought yeah. he could keep it from his wife. He Ooh. tried. Ooh. The fact that we're talking about it tells you what he failed. It didn't work. <laughs> That's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by State Farm? You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this. I cannot believe this. What this man did, I think a lot of us would want to do, would maybe try to do, but we probably know we'd never get away with it. His name is Mr. Zhu. And in 2021, he hit the lottery and won over a million dollars in 2021. And the money was direct deposited into his bank account. And here's what he didn't do when he won the million dollars. It's more than a million, actually. When he won the money, he didn't tell his wife. He acted like nothing had ever happened. He didn't even open a bottle of wine to toast his win. 
first thing he did was he transferred some of the money to his sister. And then he transferred some more of the money to his ex-wife, enough for her to buy herself an apartment. And eventually, over the course of the last two years, Mrs. Zhu discovered the hidden lottery winnings. I can't tell you how she discovered it, but as soon as she did, because we don't know, we're not sure what tipped her off, but as soon as she did, she filed for divorce and sued him for 60% of the winnings. Um, Now, she should have been entitled to half of it um, because they were married, so, you know, 50%, right? But she asked the court to give her more because of all of the effort that he went to hide it from her. And guess who won? She did. Mrs. Zhu. The court agreed with her and said, yep, he's got to pay you. He's got to give you that money. Because that lottery, it's a government lottery, you know, just like it is here in China. It's a government lottery. Um, That lottery winnings, those are hers. That's government money, and she's entitled to it. And apparently, hiding lottery winnings from your spouse happens a lot in China. Last year, another man in China won the lottery and showed up to collect his winnings dressed as a yellow cartoon bird. And he said, he said, wants to be subtle. (laughs) Yeah. He said, if my family, if my wife and kids get this money, it's just going to make them lazy. So this is not the first time this is done. But this act, this wife, now ex-wife, she wasn't having it. And she's like, what do you mean? You gave your ex money to buy an apartment? I don't think so. Well, you can tell that he's not happy who he's married to right now. And I don't think his sister likes her either. Because she was the first one to get some of the money. Yep. You know how that, yep. you ever you ever been in a situation like that where uh, somebody's married to somebody and uh, the sister can't, or the brother can't stand her or him. And, and so, you know, as soon as you pull the trigger and say, I'm not so sure about this one. Oh yeah, I never liked her at all. That's what that was. And that's why he was able to hide some of the money there because he trusted the sister. The ex-wife thing, that was stupid to do that. I know a situation where um, the father so did not like who his daughter was marrying Mm -hmm. that before the wedding day, he went and changed his will to make sure that his new son-in-law would never get a nickel. I bet that happens more than we think. (laughs) I mean that. You know what? It probably does happen more than we think. I come mm-hmm. from a family where nobody, everyone dies in debt, right? Broke. So the idea yeah, of, exactly. oh, I'm, I'm sorry, you're cutting me out of the will? Thank you. That means <laughs> I can't be pursued by visa, right? Yeah, but, exactly. But I think with people in families where there's wealth, I think you're right. That must happen. But you got to really dislike somebody to, to go yeah. and redo your will. I mean, if you're going to leave, let's say somebody has a lot of money and they're going to leave one of their kids a million dollars, but uh, the father or the mother gets a look at you know, who she's married to or engaged to or whatever. And he, he kind of looks like a guy that doesn't want to work very hard or may want to take some money if he could find it and open a sports bar with two of his friends from college. You know, at that point, you've got to say, hmm, because if you just leave it to her, he could work. You're gone. He could work on her saying, oh, baby, this is going to be so good for us. You know, you hate me hanging around the house all the time. And, you know, I love being with Fred and Jim. And there's, there's no sports bar in that part of town. It's going to be great. I just, 
you know, it's not all of what your dad left. I'm I'm only asking for a quarter million. And I'm going to turn it into a million. Yeah, exactly. In my sports bar. Exactly. Yeah. So let this be a lesson to you. If y'all win the lottery, you, you have to, you're going to lose half. You're going to lose half, you know, but look at it this way. Know who you're marrying. That's the lesson. Well, but it's too late for a lot of us for that. So um, here's what you're going to do. Here's I'm going to help well, you feel good about it. That, did, that, did, that didn't sound right. I think I you want to take that. that. I would take no, that not, one back. No, I'm not Am taking right? that back. I'm not taking you that back. You need to take it um, back. You're a married woman. Why would I woman. take that back? Because you're a married woman. He's a great guy. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not stealing his lottery money or booting him. Yeah. Okay. I'm just speaking well, on, you know, as one of the people. It's too, this business of know who you marry. I'm sorry. Hello. Hello. Where are you? It's too late for that. So now you've got to protect your lottery winnings and yourself from going to prison. Listen to me. Listen to me. You're going to lose half the lottery winnings, but don't look at it that way. Don't look at it that way. A minute ago, you had no lottery winnings. Now you've got half of of it and you're free. See, isn't that a better way to look at it? It is. And you know what? I know we have to break. I want to continue with this conversation about knowing who you marry. You say that it's too late for that. I'm trying to get ahead, give a heads up to some people out there. Now, we both have wonderful spouses now, but we've made some mistakes along the way. And um, I, I want to talk about that because I think if you practice being careful, you can marry the right person right out of the, ba- right out of the box and you didn't have to hide any money from he or she. I want to continue with this straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. If you're just joining us, we were just talking about this story that Sherry got out of China about a guy who won over a million dollars in the lottery, did not tell his wife, and instead gave part of the money to hide with his sister and bought his ex-wife an apartment, a condo. And then the, uh, the current wife finds out and she sues him and gets 60% of the million plus. So I was saying, if you really want to avoid the whole thing, know who you're marrying. And Sherry, Sherry is saying it's too late. Once you say I do, it's too late. And I, I get what you're saying. Once you say I do, you know, you got some men that's going to start hardening. Yeah. But okay. But if you just <laughs> take your time, right? If you step back and say, okay, well, I'm thinking of getting married. Are we really compatible? Does she believe the same as I do with finance? Do we both want to have the same amount of kids? Or are we just kind of taken up with the whole idea of a wedding? Our friends are getting married. Her best friend or her sister just had a baby for the first time. And she she's feeling, oh, I'm, I'm ever, I need to have a baby. The guy is feeling, you know, I need to settle down. All my friends have said all of that is baloney. What you have to really know is, is this a true life partner that's going to be in the boat pulling the oar just like you are? And I think I if you dis- do find that person, you don't have a, you don't have the problem down the road. I don't dispute one word of that. But for everybody else that's already married and trying to figure out how to hide their lottery winnings or get away with murder, I'm here to help those folks oh, not I steal see. and not kill. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I'm glad that you're talking to middle schoolers about their future spouses, but for everybody that's already in it and going, old man, you ain't getting a nickel out of this. I ain't sharing this lottery money with you. I'm trying to keep these people out of prison. I'm not talking. I understand what you're doing. I'm not talking about middle, middle schoolers, though. I'm talking about people who just graduated from high school or for col- from college. And now they're entering that period where they're looking for a spouse. 
those are the people that just have to say, boy, oh boy, he's as cute as a button, but um, he likes to spend a lot of time with his friends and not me. You know, you've got to be able to differentiate all those different difficult things because the worst thing you can do is to uh, marry a pretty face and just a pretty face. You've got to have somebody with some, uh, you know, substantial uh, agreement with you as to how a life should be run. And y'all listen to Uncle Bob. And um, now let me talk to your mom and dads. Don't be killing each other and hiding lottery money. You are not going <laughs> to like prison. Okay, you are so not going to like prison. The food is terrible. Our, the our food is terrible. Ca- the clothes are scratchy. Your, right. your co-prisoners are going to bully you. You need to not be killing each other. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. A long time ago, before I crushed his spirit and destroyed his sanity, my husband wrote me a beautiful love letter, and I carried it around with me all the time. Bet you didn't know that or expect No, that. I did not. And sometimes when I'm having like a day... um. I'll take it out and I'll read it or I'll read part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, sweet. it's a beautiful love letter. And we don't write letters at all to each other anymore as people because we email or we text. So in some ways, the art of writing a beautiful love letter is a lost art. So in honor of Valentine's Day being just two days away, if your person has said to you, I don't want anything for Valentine's Day, just write me a love letter. And you're pulling your hair out. There's a a website called The Art of Manliness, and it's great. There's all sorts of cool stuff on it. And I found an article on there that tells you step-by-step how to write a love letter. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So step number one, you want to start off by stating the purpose of your letter. Uh So you want your person to know right away, Dear Bob, I was thinking today about how much I love you, and I don't tell you that often enough. So I wanted to sit down and put into words my feelings for you. That way, you know right from the opening where it's going. This is a love letter. Right. Then what do you do next? Step two, talk about a memory you have about your love and your romance. So it might be like, so, all right, dear Bob, blah, 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 new paragraph. Mm -hmm. I often think back to that time that we took the car trip through your Connecticut boyhood and we ended the day eating a hot dog sitting outside on a stump at one of your favorite places. And to this day, the taste of a hot dog makes me think of you. Oh, that's so good. Step three, we transition to the section where you talk about the things you love about him or her. So in the third paragraph, I would say, Bob, there's so many things to love about you. I could never list them all. But one thing that comes to mind is your sense of humor 
and also how caring and compassionate you are with our pets and the way that you work so hard to make me feel like my ideas and desires matter. This is so perfect. So let's recap before you go on so people don't forget. It's Dear Bob, you do the explanation. This is a love letter. Right. Dear Bob, you give an example of something that you memory. did together that you still reflect on. And then it's Dear Bob. The things I love about you. The things I love about you specifically. All right. Continue. Um. And you go into all those kind of detail with that, right? All kinds of detail. Don't just say, I love your smile. Say stuff like, I love the way when you smile, your eyes crinkle up and your nose wrinkles like a little bunny. I just love that or whatever. Yeah. Next up, tell him or her how how your life has changed since they came into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that's all. In my, well, no, no, there's more. So mine would be, and Bob... It's not that I didn't like dancing at Bruises and Beer off the bypass, but since you came into my life, everything is so much, <laughs> so much better. better. Yeah. Next so up, how you enrich that person's yes. life. Next step, reaffirm your love and commitment. No matter what happens, yes, there will be tough times. Mm-hmm. I will always love you. Nothing could change that. Nothing. No outside force could ever alter my love for you. And then finally, we end it with a line that sums up your love. Maybe it's the old classic, Bob, I just can't wait to grow old with you. Or, Bob, I knew from the day I laid eyes on you, you were my soulmate. But you want to end with a closing statement Mm -hmm. that kind of brings the whole thing together and focuses on your love. That is really cool. Isn't that helpful? I'm going to do that. Are you going to write a love letter? Yeah, I'm going to write it exactly like that, including the Dear Bob. (laughs) What's what's Dear Bob, I love how you're cooking now. (laughs) How many things have you cooked now? uh, uh, Four, I think. I think four. Um, I think that that is actually a very good blueprint for doing a love letter. There's nothing that's really hokey in No. There. It all and makes sense and, and the be- has a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's very good. There's where, a, where can uh, guys find this or women I'm going to post it on our Facebook, but uh-huh. it's off of a killer website I like called Art of Manliness. Mm-hmm. So there's a soldier who wrote a love letter. His name is Sullivan Ballou, and he wrote a love letter to his wife, Sarah, a week before the Battle of Bull Run, and it was in the Ken Burns documentary. Yeah. I'll just read you like a little snippet of it, shall I? Mm-hmm. Let me find um, Okay. Let me find the part that I love so much. What was it from again? It was in it was in the Ken Burns uh, Civil War Civil War, Civil War oh, documentary. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. The memories of the blissful moments I have spent with you come creeping over me, and I feel most gratified to God and to you that I enjoyed them so long. And hard it is for me to give them up and burn to ashes the hopes of future years, when God willing we might still have lived in love together and seen our sons grow up to honorable manhood around us. I have, I know, but few and small claims upon divine divine providence, but something whispers in me, perhaps, that I shall return to my loved ones unharmed. If I do not, my dear Sarah, never forget how much I love you, and when my last breath escapes me on the battlefield, it will whisper your name. Forgive my many faults and the many pains I have caused you. How thoughtless and foolish I have often been. How gladly would I wash out with my tears every little spot upon your happiness and struggle with all the misfortune of this world to shield you and my children from harm. 
Why do you think people were so elegant with words 150 years ago? I can't think of very many men who would write that today. I can, I can tell you part of it, you didn't have anything else to do but read. And what yeah. you were reading was well written. Yeah, you know, and I that, think And that was right. what your influence was. I, I think that you're exactly right. Can I read you one more little bit of this? Do we have time, Max, real oh, quick? Yeah, real quick. Sarah, if the dead can come back to this earth and flit unseen around those they love, I shall always be near you. In the garish day and in the darkest night, amidst your happiest scenes and gloomiest hours, always, always. And if there be a soft breeze upon your cheek, it shall be my breath. Or the cool air fans your throbbing temple, it shall be my spirit passing by. Sarah, do not mourn me dead. Think I am gone and wait for thee, for we shall meet again. That's very beautiful. I'll post the uh, link up to how to write this love letter. I think Max is right, too, that people read a lot more and we watch Pawn Stars. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. Not long ago, the New York Times did this wonderful, this is the New York Times online, wonderful piece about the first car. And what it's about is they uh, had photographs taken by a Dali Shell. And what she did was, she's from Los Angeles. She got about six young people and followed them around the L.A. area with their first car. Here's the text to this. The ability to get behind the wheel of a car for the first time and go anywhere is a distinct American rite of passage. For many young people, their first car grants them a freedom to explore their city on an intimate level with their windows down and music blasting and away from the prying eyes of parents. It can be a means to escape monotony and fear, especially during the height of the pandemic, and a gathering space so they can let it all go. So this photographer spent last summer documenting members of his uh, creative community in their cars. These are young people who are artists. Uh, some of them are like hair designers, all different types of people. And the photographs are fantastic. The cars are all over the place. They're all kind of beater cars, although one of them is an old Mercedes now powered by vegetable oil because, of course, it is L.A. And it shows these kids, like, hanging out with a car parked by a beach somewhere, the door open, and they're lying, like, they're all together. There's two or three guys, two or three girls, and there's no dates. They're just hanging out at the beach in the car with, uh, you know, their heads on each other's chests. And nobody has a real big smile. They're all just acting really cool. And I'm thinking about this. And this is so correct. You can, all of a sudden, for the first time, since the day you got a bicycle, feel totally free and, again, away from the prying eyes of adults. You can go anywhere you want. You can go to a sketchy neighborhood if you want. You can go any kind, get me any kind of, one of them said, I feel so powerful. I can drive through a drive through by myself and pick up the food. It really is a, a literal magic carpet when you get that first car. And that was one thing that I never got. I never got that experience. I never got the experience of a parent saying, well, we're done with the Oldsmobile now and we're going to pass it along to you. The only car that I had at 16 was my girlfriend at the Times car and her parents bought her a real basic Chevy 
and she would drive us on dates. And, you know, I've had, I've, when I've told this story before, I've had guys say, did you feel kind of emasculated? You know what? I didn't. I was just so glad to get the hell out of the house. You know? You know, what's interesting yeah. is that, that what you're describing just isn't really true anymore for a lot of kids. Um, they may get a car. They may get access to the family car. But thanks to Life 360, <laughs> they are not free. Every Oh, you, you mean as far as being tracked by parents? Being and that tracked sort of thing? and surveilled. I mean, you yeah. may say like, I can go anywhere I want. Well, you can, but your phone's going to ring and your mom and dad are going to want to know why you're there. <laughs> I um, saw it with well, my daughter. Well, not every kid is tracked though. I know, I know you do that and, and uh, Mary's no, I didn't. that. No, didn't I did not. That? You didn't track them? I'd never ha- I never had Life 360 on my kids. I have a, I have my find my iPhone. I can see where they are. Turns out they track mm-hmm. me more than I track them. But where mm-hmm. was Karamia going between COVID and dance? The child never left the house. Um, all of their friends, with almost no exceptions, were tracked by Life 360, and I would see in I would see it in action. A, a kid would be over here and would go, "Oh, I have to go. Um, I wasn't supposed to stop on my way home from the store." And my mom wants to know why I'm here. Like, you know, um, it's safer, but it's sadder too, in a way. Cause I can remember yeah, taking the girlfriend's car almost to New York city to see a band play. And I can remember not wanting to go home at night. And we knew of an uh, apple orchard, literally an apple orchard. And we could park in the apple orchard. And um, there was the idea of going to a shopping center in the next town and getting, uh, getting a hamburger was so grown up. Uh, that's that's too bad that they miss that sort of thing because it is part of the ceremony of breaking away, you know? It's really, I'm glad I didn't do Life 360. Apple iPhone is hard. The, I find my iPhone is hard enough because one of the last things I do every night before lights out in bed is um, I check to see where my girls are. Are they Are they home? Are they in dorms? Are they at their jobs? Because all those locations show up on my phone. Right. And 99 times out of 100, they're exactly where they're supposed to be. But then there's that one night where I wonder where Olivia is. She's two towns over. Well, Olivia's, you know, 21 years old with two jobs. She's at a party or at a concert or whatever. Like, none right. of my business really where she is. But right. knowing that she's not where I want her to be, now, now I'm a little unsettled until she's home again. And so... Ah, it, it cuts both ways. The surveillance invades your privacy, but it also right. gives you as the parent a lot more information mm-hmm. that you can be anxious about. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's a great article. The pictures are af- absolutely beautiful. Go to the New York Times and, and check it out. It's Bob and Sherry. Okay, so speaking of movies, tell me if you knew this because I just learned it and I was like, What? Remember the movie of my cousin Vinny with Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei right. and Herman Munster? Yes, yeah. yeah that's fun. <laughs> Fred that, Gwynn. That, that's that, his Fred Gwynn, who was a really good actor. He really that was, scene, but I, could, I lost his name. That scene where she's in court and she's describing how a 62 Pontiac uh, could have a carburetor that could do this but not do what the uh, – car did from the tire marks these guys were being accused running from or whatever yeah she was great in that oh she's so good joe pesci's so good in that right right he is here's what i 
here's what I did not know. Um, Joe Pesci's character, Vinny Gambini, was supposed to be played by Andrew Dice Clay, not by Joe Pesci. Oh, and is that right? Vinny Gambini. Now, in the movie, he's this like scraping the bottom of the barrel attorney who takes on a murder case involving his cousin and a friend. And Vinny's the exact opposite of what you think of when you think of as a lawyer. You know, he's he doesn't have any polish. He seems like a, a street hustler more than he does a guy that would be. He, you know, he got his license later in life. He, he didn't yeah. go to college, then law school. I think he was like in his 40s when he got, finally got his license. But he's a smart guy. Well, it was supposed to be Andrew Dice Clay. The character was written as a former heavyweight boxer, like a mm-hmm. big, you know, giant guy, which, of course, mm-hmm. Joe Pesci is not. So how right. did it end up being Joe Pesci and not Andrew Dice Clay? It's really simple. The um, executives at the movie studio were really nervous because Andrew Dice Clay's stand-up routine was really nasty, if you remember. It was pretty totally. vulgar. Yeah. He, he claims he claims he wasn't a misogynist. That was just the character. He's he's noticed guys like that in Long Island, and he was they were his character was a composite of these guys. But I don't know. Anyway, continue. Well, meanwhile, so that there, you know, the screenwriter has written it for Andrew Dice Clay and has mm-hmm. described the character as Andrew Dice Clay. The studio mm-hmm. executives are like, yeah, I don't really think so. Meanwhile. 20th Century Fox had a runaway hit with Home Alone and Joe Pesci played one of the wet bandits. And right. according to everybody at 20th Century Fox, this guy's a great actor. He's a great coworker. He shows up. He's got a kind word for everybody. No drama. You should talk to him for this My Cousin Vinny movie. So the director brings Joe Pesci in to meet to talk about My Cousin Vinny. And they're talking about the script. And Joe Pesci casually um, mentions the subplot involving, you know, these two Utes and what they got up to. The Mm -hmm. director started laughing and he made a note. And that's how the line, the Utes, got into the final movie, My Cousin Vinny. It was the real thing. And Joe Pesci got the part and people still talk about it. So it just goes to show you what's for you will be yours, even if it doesn't look like it's heading that way at all. And I had no Andrew, idea it, about that. Andrew Dice Clay's career just tanked at, at one point, just tanked. He, I think he's out with a book recently about his career, and he's got a little bit of a comeback going on. I forget what he's in, but he's, he's in some movie, and evidently he was very good. But I think he played that character, whether it was really him or someone else, so well that people were just disgusted by him. And that that movie that he had out years ago, The Ford Adventures Fairlane. of Ford Fairlane, yes. And that was, I think, that kind of bombed. So um, I worked at a I radio station right. that did the premiere of that, and I attended that in a theater. Did you? Yes, <laughs> I did. I can't get that. Time I've never back. seen it on TV. I, I, you never see it on. TV. Was it that bad? It's terrible. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, his career was pretty much over time. for a while. After that. I've never given it my time, but I was just, that was just such a cool story about Joe Pesci, right? You would never, right. you would never have guessed that he was not the original actor for that movie because he so owned the part. It's impossible Perfect. to imagine yeah. anybody else. In yeah, it. that's yeah. right. So there you go. All right. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back, talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app.
Well, here's something to look forward to if you're expecting a baby. They've created a smart diaper. It's a diaper that has a little sensor that will send an alert to your phone when it needs a diaper change. No, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I thought thought I'd had every nasty app that was available. That is... Could you put that like in a kitty litter box? I'd like to be able to get that in the middle of the night. Wouldn't that be great? You know, it's, it's oh, really, would my life not be better? It's really simple and it's so cool. Whoever invented it, it's a tiny piece of paper that's been pre-treated with salt and it has an outline of a circuit board on it that they've mm-hmm. traced over with a pencil. So there's graphite on the surface and then the tiniest lithium battery you've ever seen is attached to it. And when the water molecules get absorbed by the paper, electrons flow to the graphite and sends off a, set off a sensor. Then it sends a message to your phone, and it'll even let you know how bad the wet is or how bad the mess is. You know what this means? Even while we're still going in our pants, we're being tracked. We're being tracked, yeah. We're being tracked now. We're being tracked almost right after the day we were born. That's what it comes down to. It's too much. I've I've always been able to tell with my other senses. Yeah, exactly. Changing. Yeah. But maybe in situations where you're taking care of a whole bunch of babies, like hospitals and daycares and all, maybe that would be a place, you know, that that we would need this. I really want my phone lighting up, though, with the poop emoji and a picture of my baby. (laughs) I really want to see that the day that that happens. That is my idea of some fun technology. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.